Welcome to Inside the Writer's Cafe. I'm Cheryl Nason. Our show features the hottest authors and introduces you, our listeners, to exciting new authors talking about themselves and their latest book. This week's show features the themes of hatred, loss, revenge, and ultimate redemption. It's as if the story was ripped from current news headlines as J. Mary Ditch in The Hidden Hatred brings the reader face-to-face with a family torn apart by a revelation seen on television. The events change the course of Jean Noel's life forever. The Second Coming by Daniel Lamb is a slice-of-life novel that tells the story of the trials, tribulations, and the ultimate redemption of Bobby McGee. J. Mary Jitch studied literature and has always loved writing. She graduated from Yoande University with a bachelor's degree in private law. She's fluent in three languages, English, French, and Spanish, and she's with us today to talk about her latest book, The Hidden Hatred. Welcome, J. Mary. Thank you, Sherry Lorette. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Let's start by giving our listeners an overview of your really wonderful slice-of-life novel, The Hidden Hatred. I know that's a hard question and a hard thing to do because the book is very character-rich and it's very interesting. So let me see what you could do with an overview, J. Mary. Um, We can start talking about The Hidden Hatred as, um, as a human saga which involves uh, two peaceful African towns discovering uh, the false kids' homosexuality, the hard way. You know, it's a kind of terrible way. Uh, I won't like to mention it. I want the, the readers to check and to see in the book how they discovered just terrible. And they come uh, um, realizing uh, the kids' homosexuality in a context where it is something people don't even talk about, you know? Uh, Africa is a place where uh, people are so decent, so decent, so homosexuality is something that is not told about, and uh, the African value comes in between, and uh, a drama, family drama is there, and the only son, which is the only one not being homosexual, is John Well. He remains uh, with a big, deep hatred. A hatred because he thought they think that um, his family drama comes from the media. The media, we know, we all know how strong, how, uh, strong are the media today. We know that in less than a minute, uh, the media can reach thousands and thousands, millions and millions of people. So for him, John Well, the main character living in Africa, uh, the reason, the responsible of his family drama can only be uh, the media. And from there, uh, hatred uh, without uh, limit is there. And uh, it struggles, it struggles hard, hard with uh, his hatred and come 
to the point that he thinks that he has overcome it. And then, uh, before he knew, he knows, uh, he, he meets Rocky Button. Rocky Button, who comes to Africa for the first time, and uh, he, he comes there for vacation. And he lands in a natural reserve where John Well is a tour guy. And there, uh, his agent uh, wakes up in other three. And through the hidden hatred, the whole book, we will go to see how um, Jean Noël keeps struggling with himself. You know, he thinks it's okay, then he, he fails again. He thinks, really, it's a terrible thing for him. And this is where we can see our human mind uh, is uncontrollable, you know. Sometimes we think that uh, we are okay, we, we are good, but at a sudden, we just find ourselves in situation we can't even uh, imagine. Uh, from that, General Edgett comes to the, the, the extreme, which is uh, a murder. It, it is a murder, and it's just terrible. And to be short, we can say that in the hidden hatred, we can see a main character which struggle with a feeling, and then another character who, who is supposed to be really, really affected with John uh, uh, Well hatred's uh, outcome. He comes out to 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 go beyond his hatred and to show love. You know, yes. and that character is Dylan. Dylan, who is uh, one of Rocky Button's sons. Uh, Rocky Button being the filmmaker, which uh, who is the, the the victim of John uh, Wells' hatred. That's why I can say in short. You know, going going from a family drama to a terrible deep hatred, and then the, the hatred that blossoms in forgiveness and love. This is the hidden hatred in short. I thought that the way that you started the book off was very good. I liked that you show Rocky as he's arriving in Africa for the first time. He's never been there. And I yeah. thought that you painted a beautiful picture of what he was seeing. And as a filmmaker... He was seeing yeah. Africa through the eyes of someone who sees big screen, and he could just see the African countryside on the screen. I could tell, or I felt like that, as you described what he saw as we saw Africa through his eyes. And I thought that that was a very good way to start the book. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you. The other thing that I thought was very interesting and very real life was the way that you had poor Jean Noel's parents find out about the homosexuality of their other children, their other sons. Were mm -hmm. you were you influenced by what we see on the news and in the media every day? Uh, yes, yes, I, I, I was influenced by it. And, uh, you know, um, actually talking about homosexuality was just a means for me to reach a, a topic, a purpose that will uh, raise true hatred. You know, you know, a deep, terrible 
topic that in a, a given context, which is Africa, will wake up uh, justify, you know, justify uh, regarding the context, the environment, the social environment. So it could have been anything. But I have, I have thought that uh, homosexuality was a subject that was really hard enough to to get a boy, a young boy, entering into uh, an incredible anger. You see, okay. and I, I, I have to confess you, uh, Cheryl, that I was so surprised after handing uh, uh, my manuscript to my editor to learn that uh, the, the bishop synod that was going on was about homosexuality, and it has been uh, the, the way the, the way for me to see how controversial the topic was because if you remember the the bishops they end up without any resolution you remember the fact we got into the topic you know yes it was last october so you know i was really uh, surprised in a good way to know that i was talking about the subject that was uh, up to date and we remember how the, the african uh, bishops you know they, they shouted and everything but it's something that exists no, we can't say otherwise. I thought that was very good. I thought that you took, exactly as you said, a topic that is a hot topic in society, and people react strongly one way mm. or another. And what a surprise for parents to be gathered, you know, just ready to have a regular evening with their two other children, and here are the other children on the national news. And I thought, you know, that that, that could happen. And I really thought that sort of gave the novel a real smack of reality. And, and it made you think about, all right, if something like that happened to me or to a person I know, then how would I react? And I thought the way that you had the African community react to the members of the family was also very real. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It, it's something, you know, it's a, a, a novel, but it's something that could, can truly happen. You know, I can imagine the way the conversation I, I, I made to the people, you know, you remember uh, 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 Maria's friend who, who, who threw all the insults on Maria because she, 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 she considered that Maria was... Uh, uh, unfaithful to her by eating, hiding her uh, uh, homosexuality. You know, that's something that can be really uh, true. You know, I can see it happen. I didn't see any of this. You know, it's something I never saw nowhere. I never see never nowhere. But I can really imagine that happening in our context in Africa. So, yes, it's a it. And I think not just in Africa. I thought that no. the theme was quite universal. And I, mm, yes. uh, the, the reactions of people, uh, the, the people who supported, the people who didn't support, the reactions mm. of the family, I thought that that was a very universal way that you had those characters react. I thought you did a very nice job with that. Yeah, I agree. I agree, uh, Cheryl. 
the the only difference with Africa is that in uh, Europe or America or elsewhere, you can see a kind of evolution, you know, in acceptance, in uh, in accepting homosexuality in a way or another. You know, the matter is that in Africa, we don't talk about people don't talk about you know, even when they know it exists, it's a totally People just don't want to talk. And if it happens that someone is uh, is uh, uh, recognized as homosexuality, he can go through a drama, you know. Uh, so I think the difference uh, between other uh, continents and Africa is that people in uh, America, Europe, and Asia have gotten to take the subject out, to talk about it, freely, you know, and even to make rules for these people. When in Africa, it's just, just don't take an account, you know, only it's taken account to be punished, you know, in a, in a, uh, how do say, how can I put it, in a, in a way to, just to punish, not trying to understand. I'm not judging, you know, it's a topic so controversial that I don't want to judge. I wanna, don't want to say anything uh, against or for homosexuality. But I, I, my idea is that whatever the, the, the problem, the purpose, or the subject, subject, we should always try to at least to talk about and to see what we can do with the topic. Good. This is the thing, uh, yeah, because for me, communication is so important. And the more you talk about the topic, the more everyone can understand and the more people can accept or deal with in a way or another. This is my point of view, Sherry. The, the book is, is wonderful. It, there's also this, the murder that happens, and it's very exciting. And if our, if our listeners want to read an excerpt from the book, they can go to Amazon and they can put in The Hidden Hatred by J. Mary, and it's spelled a little differently, M-A-I-R-Y, and then the last name is Ditch, D-I-E-T-C-H. And if they put that in the book search, your book comes right up, and it works beautifully. All they have to do is click on the book, and they can look inside, and they can read a really nice excerpt. Now, if they're curious about where else they might be able to find your book, J. Mary. Where else is it available? Uh, the book is available from Otto House, who is actually my editor. Yes, you can go to Otto House, you will get uh, the, the book. And uh, you can go just put in Google, Google J. Mary Jet, and you put the hidden HS, and you will have uh, different options, you know, in Rakuten, in uh, uh, chapter Indigo, you have many options to where to get the book. So just Google uh, The Eden Agent by Jemery Jet. We have uh, different options where to get my book. And I want also to point out that uh, The Eden Agent has a French version. Oh, wonderful. Uh, is, uh, yes, yes, because actually, Cheryl, I, I, I write in English and in French, you know. And the French version is called En Secret, meaning uh, the hidden hatred. 
So you can have both in Amazon and uh, in other uh, 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 bookstore online. Wonderful. Uh, I'm yes. so I'm so glad you mentioned that, Jay Mary. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, because I I think uh, the the way we can share more is trying to reach the most people we can. And as I'm lucky enough to be able to to speak French and English, I I always try. I tried regarding my two books to do the same, publishing first in English and then in French. So that is the same with the Never Ending Love, my first book, which French title is Il n'est pas de ça, and I did it. That's the way I I work today. Excellent. Now, if they want to find out more about you, where can they find you online? Yes, you can go to my uh, uh, Facebook page, which is J Mary Jet, and will got got get uh, some uh, uh, something on my uh, on me and on my work. You know, uh, you can go there and see what I do. And I, I want to mention here. Uh, the recent launch of the Eden Hatred, I, I have been lucky enough to make in uh, Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam recently, the 3rd of March. You can have some picture of the launching. Because I, I think that wherever we are, we are, we have to try to get our ideas out. You know, Cheryl, for me, writing is not about only about telling stories or exotic things. It's about sending out a message. You know, I'm taking, uh, for example, that nowadays we have so many struggles, so many fights, so many bad things occurring around the world that we have to do something. You know, each of us, wherever we are, with little things. And this is uh, uh, my condition that uh, we have to do something to change the world. That's my feeling and my uh, deep conviction. Thank you so much for being our guest today, J. Mary. It has been an absolute pleasure to talk with you, and I wish you only the best with the book. Thank you for having me, Cheryl. It has been a real joy sharing this time with you. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Cheryl. You're listening to Inside the Writer's Cafe, brought to you on webtalkradio.net. Daniel Lamb has a master's degree in philosophy from the University of Hawaii. He served in the United States Army, and he's worked for AT&T. He's been an avid reader from a young age, and Daniel decided that he wanted to write. The Second Coming is his first published work. Daniel, welcome. Uh, Well, thank you. To get started, let's give a little bit of an overview of The Second Coming for our listeners. Now, as I read through it, Bobby McGee is the main character, and it, it sort of struck me that this is the life and times of Bobby McGee. So tell me a little bit about what's going to happen. Okay. Uh, it's a three-part story. It's three, it's three parts to the story. The first part is uh, it's sort of it's Bobby McGee. He's uh, the main character. 
But the father is always in the background. He's a, a fanatical preacher who is who is uh, setting a date for the second coming, and he's and uh, he has a, a flock of parishioners that he he uh, over a period of time, as the date draws closer, he loses most of them, and uh, he has to close each church, and they have the meetings in the home, and it comes. Uh, that part of it comes to a very dramatic ending. And uh, at the same time, Bobby McGee is, uh, it follows him from his earliest childhood up through high school. And, uh, he, he is, uh, he's not, he's not uh, an outgoing person. He's sort of a lonely character who will go out by the, the swamp. It's a Florida uh, school, and he goes out to the swamp and watches the other children play. But he has a romantic interest and a, and a schoolmate, uh, a girl that uh, he follows all the way through high school, and she is. But her, uh, but she doesn't return his romantic interest, and uh, so Bobby sort of becomes a standby, uh, a backup when uh, she, the girl. Who is all, by the way, the girl is a, a daughter of a, a church member. And so when they ground her for getting in trouble with other boys, and uh, she ends up with Bobby. And so that's where the first part. The second part, uh, Bobby runs away from home and it deals with his travels. So, uh, stranded in a blizzard in North Dakota. He he uh, meets up with a uh, hitchhiking and right traveling with a couple of Indian guy American Indian guys and who are heading to a revival in Seattle and they promise him if he will uh, come to the revival with them they will uh, provide a room for him afterwards and uh, so there's a dramatic encounter with the evangelist that. It's uh, very, uh, I feel, very powerful. And then Bobby ends up in, in San Francisco. He ends up, in part three, he ends up as a homeless on the streets with a, a bum named Bubba. And during this period, he, he uh, accidentally meets Stephanie, the girl uh, which uh, brings him out of his homelessness and and helps him find a job, and then there is a there they attend the uh, they attend the university class of a, a philosophy class uh, with a professor of philosophy, and there's a there's a lecture, and then uh, uh, the professor is a very strange character. They end up on a nude beach with the professor. And then there is a final dramatic ending on the on the beach with Stephanie. So this really is the life and times of Bobby McGee. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a coming of age story. Oh, I think that's a perfect way to characterize it. As I read yes. through your background, I noticed that you talked about your own father being a minister. Did that influence the character of Reverend McGee? Uh, yes, very much so. Uh, 
the story itself is totally fictional. There, there is nothing in the story that actually happened. However, uh, the spirit of the story uh, just reflects the, the spirit of my own upbringing. And uh, actually, I did have a father who predicted the, the same thing, the second coming, but it was uh, the events are totally separate. There's no uh, no uh, repetition of events or no copying events that happened in my own life into the story. Uh, it's totally fictional. It's a very character-rich book. As I read through the excerpt, and there is a very nice excerpt that's on Amazon, uh, all our listeners would have to do is put in The Second Coming by Daniel Lamb into the Amazon book website and they can find it. As I read through the excerpt, the characters are very well drawn. How were you inspired to write the characters? Where did Bobby McGee come from? Uh, I thought about that, and uh, I think uh, Bobby McGee is sort of uh, my exact opposite. It's like I, I'm trying to, I'm, I've always been observant of people, and, and I, I, I say that I think that I'm quite a, a pretty good judge of character and I've always watched people and I, and I get these characters from people I have known some of them just casually or just observed on the street for instance the bum Bubba you know I, I've watched homeless people uh, I, I've watched them they come to close to where I live up at the, near the beach the, the homeless people like to come to the beach and I observe them and uh, so the characters come from observing uh, people, and and, uh, and that with a, a lot of imagination, you know, uh, it's I have a pretty good imagination. So you're a student of humanity, as it were. You like to watch people and make up stories about who they are. Right, and I, I, I'm very observant. When I see someone who appears to be somewhat odd or different from the, uh, the ordinary people around them, I tend to have to keep from staring <laughs> because I, 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 not because I'm being judgmental. It's just that uh, I'm just curious of uh, what makes. Uh, different personalities tick, you know, and, uh, yeah. I noticed that you had a Professor Stuttgart and that he was a philosophy professor. I couldn't help but notice, Daniel, you have a degree in philosophy. So was the Professor Stuttgart character inspired by someone that you had as a professor in college? Yes, very much so. I had a professor quite a bit like him. Uh, yes. I had a, he was, he was, uh, he would get very excited when he, he gave a lecture and he once said that he said he didn't lecture for the class. He lectured for himself. And he says, if there's any gravy left over, you're welcome to it. And, and it was just kind of a professor and, and he would act quite a bit like this professor. But he was not, he, 
what he taught was totally something different. I mean, his his uh, his uh, field of philosophy is totally different than what him thought. Now, if our listeners want to know a little more about you as an individual, where can they find you? Uh, I have a Facebook page, and, and I made it easier to find because it's, uh, it's, uh, I had it first just the second coming, but I find that's very difficult to find. So I have the, the second coming by Daniel F. Lamb on Facebook, and it makes it easier to find. And I give some uh, background on, uh, on the Facebook page on uh, how the, the novel came about and, and uh and uh the publishing history of the novel. And so and I, and also on the on the Facebook page there's a there's a uh I'm not sure what to call it. It's it's a well, well Let's move on to something, and I'll get back to that. <laughs> okay. Sometimes I, I lose those words as well. I've mentioned that there's a very nice excerpt on Amazon.com. Where else can our listeners find the book? I, I'm sure that it's probably on the Author House website as well. It's on the Author House website and, uh, and uh, Barnes & Noble. So if they go to any of those three places, they'll be able to find a copy of the book. Right. Uh, and also, it's uh, available anywhere, but you probably would need to order it from other bookstores. Okay. One last question. What do you yes. want the reader to take away from your book? Did you write it purely for entertainment or is there a deeper message there for the reader? Yes, sir. There, there is a there is a message. Uh, I think the message uh, would be best expressed in that that it seems that most people go through life just believing what they're told, and very few people really stop and question, uh, you know, question what they believe. And, uh, and so this is not, it's not necessarily, it's not a real criticism of people who believe this or believe that. It's a criticism in that they accept it without a second thought, you know. And, and the boy, Bobby McGee, he, uh, he's constantly, uh, for example, he is one place he says, uh, he, he's at the revival meeting. And uh, he has the offering plate comes to him, piled high with money. And miraculously, a $20 bill suddenly gets a whiff of breeze and floats off the pile and goes down between his legs. And he says, uh, he says that, that's a miracle. I wonder if God is giving me the $20. I need it worse than that. And then he said, no, it can't be that because I don't really believe in God. And it's like this, the contradiction in the way people think. One moment, God's doing this for them. The next moment, I don't really believe. Or the next moment, you know, it's it's like there's no logic in the way people think. And, and I try to express this. 
throughout the novel. There's the other characters that he, he meets. I bring out this way of thinking where people don't really question about what they think. They just believe something that if they thought about it, they know can't be true in the normal sense of the word true, you know? And uh, so that, I think, is uh, sort of the message. And uh, and the other message maybe is, uh, uh, is what my... I have a friend who's a professor of literature. He read it, and he said it, what he noted was a whole different style of what he called sexual naturalism. Uh, so what that exactly means... Uh, I'd have to leave it up to the reader, but I, I thought it was a very good uh, uh, observation. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for being our guest today on Inside the Writer's Cafe, and I wish you the best of luck with the book, The Second Coming. Okay, thank you. Our time is up, and we'd like to thank you for yours. Remember, pick up a good book and read. Read.